0: So I just got back from a little vacation I took over in Disney, Uh, well, Florida. I went there for about five days. I went to um, Magic Kingdom, I went to Universal Studios, and we got to also go to Epcot. And unfortunately, I didn't get to do Hollywood Studios because that was pretty packed out and they have a really restrict... Limit and rules to reserving and making sure you can get into parks and whatnot because of everything that's going on. You know, not all restrictions are lifted. So unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to see Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, but, you know, there's always another trip back. And that was my third time in the last, like, five years going to Disney. And I will go back again. <laughs> it's someplace I, I love. I'm definitely going to be one of those Disney people. Uh... And of course, what happens when you're out there, uh, the question always pops up, what's your favorite Disney film? So I thought I would do a little entry about what I would consider to be my favorite Disney film, and that's Brave. And I would just say, okay, not even my favorite, my top three. But if I had to, like, modernize it and, like, try to discuss it with people in today's era, Brave would definitely be up there. I would also have to put on that same pedestal films like... Uh, The Sword in the Stone, which I love. I think that's one of the best Disney films ever. And that's part of my top three. And the other one I would have to say it might be a bit of a tug of war between Aladdin. And, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it is just Aladdin. Yeah. Okay, so we'll go with Brave Aladdin and The Sword in the Stone. Which is nice because they each are a different generation. Sword in the Stone was like the 70s. Aladdin was the 90s, and Brave uh, is from 2012. Now, the reason I love Brave most of all is because it's not like a typical Disney film, or even a Disney Pixar film, I should say. It's more along the lines of, say, like Toy Story or Wreck-It Ralph. The focus isn't on the music or creating a musical. It's got pretty much one solid song. And other than that, it's just, you're really watching it for the story and for the mythology it's based on. It's obviously based on uh, Irish folklore, and it came out, I feel like it doesn't get enough respect, because it came out very close, if not shortly after or before, I can't remember exactly, but it was really, really close to uh, Frozen's release. And for those who remember, Frozen basically took over the world. <laughs> like, like, if you've been to Disney in the last couple of years, you know that Frozen was everywhere. It was the number one song, you know, let it go. Uh, ugh, I don't want to go there. All that, All that stuff. Frozen kind of shadowed over anything that had to do with Brave. To me, because I didn't watch this until many, many years later. And it was because the one that they're shoving in every, everybody's face is Frozen. But Brave is such a superior film. Not in the sense of, like, the story it's trying to tell, which, you know, I mean, every Disney story tries to have an underlining movie plot forwarding or movie plot device or device mechanism, plot mechanism, some way, shape, or form of what I'm trying to say. I'm pretty sure you get what I'm saying. It's just Brave's undertone is that it's all about the love story between a mother and daughter, and that's, I feel like this really encompasses that. I mean, again, it's based on uh, some form of Irish folklore, which almost every aspect of a Disney film in the last 20 years has some way, shape, or form rooted in some other culture's mythology. Moana comes from uh, Hawaiian mythology. Uh, Mulan, I think, has some roots in, you know, um, uh, Chinese mythology. They have brave. They have frozen. They even Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and Ve- Beauty and the Beast is um, a French folktale, I believe. So they're all rooted in some way, shape, or form uh, to some culture, and I think it's caught v- captured very well. One thing that surprised me was that I didn't realize who was voicing a lot of the characters, like. Emma Thompson's the mother and Billy Connolly is the father and for those who may not know Billy Connolly just off saying the name and the image not popping into your head if you ever watched the Boondock Saints the father that guy is the same guy who does the voice acting of the father in Brave so it's it's like very it's very perfect with the people they get they're not just getting random people to do uh irish accents or scottish accents they get like they got authentic people to do these voiceovers there's even uh, people like uh craig ferguson's in there and he does some voice acting there's it's really good how they set up this film uh, especially with the tone set up by the actors themselves and it's just it's a really good story and i don't know much about every disney is every disney story is rooted in some kind of tale that they took and made for kids like i think we've all heard of the cinderella uh the real cinderella story where instead of like just being about oh she lost a shoe and it actually goes really deeper into the uh the torturing of cinderella and what the sisters will do to fit their feet in the shoe it's very very dark and very grim stories so i don't know what braves undertone uh, undering uh mythology is and what the actual story is but whatever whatever that is it doesn't overshadow what they did for this film and it's just great i think the character is great i think she is such a just so much fun to watch and i remember seeing this and i was like why didn't i watch this when it came out and then i looked it up and i was like oh yeah frozen was taking the world by storm and it's upsetting because for the first Frozen isn't that good of a film, and I get that these are made for kids. I get that here I am talking about a cartoon that's made for kids, but again, you have to understand that cartoons aren't just for kids these days. You know what I'm saying? They, If Disney made films that were just for kids, then they wouldn't be as successful as they are. They make films for not for children to enjoy and for adults to appreciate as well because who are these who are these kids watching the films with? They're watching the films with their parents or with their uncles or with their grandparents. And here's the thing, I'm at that age where I'm on the verge of becoming a parent and I grew up with all these other Disney films that set up this this world, you know, like you go to you go to Disneyland, you go to, you go to Magic Kingdom, you go to Hollywood Studios, and you see all these places that are based off of characters that I grew up with, and unless you expose the kids to that, they're never gonna know, they're not gonna know who Aladdin is unless you show them the Aladdin film, because Aladdin's not pushed to the forefront, same thing with Lion King, I mean, well, maybe Aladdin and Lion King are bad examples, because they did just do live action adaptations of them, so I guess that kind of have brought it back to the forefront, and that is something smart for disney to do to kind of instead of coming up with new stories let's just rehash all of our old stories and just make make them live action which to be honest can i get a live action sword in the stone please i would like that if anybody from disney ever listens to this podcast and you hear this particular entry please give me a sword in the stone live action i would appreciate it very much And we all know that we're not going to get live actions for any of these, for anything in the last 20 or 30 years, you're not going to get live actions for. You're not going to get a live action Frozen or Brave or Wrecked Ralph or Tangled or any of that stuff. Anything made in the last, within the 2000s, you're not getting that until at least 2040, you know, because that's when they're going to recycle everything and just give us all new stories all over again. And I'm also not, you know, trying to shit on anything that they've done so far. I thought the Beauty and the Beast live action was great. I thought the Aladdin live action was enjoyable. I thought The Lion King uh, got way too much uh, flack. And it was actually, I appreciated it a lot for what they did with that film. And I feel like it got a lot of bad press to an extent. And I didn't, and finally watching it, I was like, oh, okay, this is good. But still, I don't think anything really holds a candle too brave because it's one of a kind. And I get that sometimes you can say that Frozen's the same way, but Frozen's not portrayed in that light. And then when you had Frozen 2 come out, Frozen 2 took it to a whole nother level. And to me... Frozen 2 is superior to Frozen, and then you have um, films like Moana, which is also vastly superior over both Frozens, In in my mind. I think Moana is way more superior, but what pushes things to the forefront? It's the kids, and if the kids get obsessed over a song, over a character... You know, even even my wife. My wife is completely obsessed with Frozen. She's got Frozen fungo pops. She, We were in Disney. She brought a little Frozen light-up bow that she can put into her hair. Yeah, so there is an appeal that maybe I don't understand. Maybe it's because it just wasn't a film that I thought was worth it. I mean, I'm not going to say worth it. Maybe worth it's a bad phrasing. It just wasn't up to par for what other films are out there and what other films should be getting their appreciation and i know that there's this concept of you know there's always a different love story to be told and frozen tells the story of two sisters in love well not in love i shouldn't say like that but two sisters who love each other dearly and who have a really good relationship so it's sisterly love sisterly love just like brave is mother and daughter love or Um, what's another film, what's another film that we can relate this to? Moana. Moana is her love for the sea and her love for adventure. You know what I mean? Like all these films in some shape or form have grown out of the, the perspective that love is always going to be the prince and the princess or the damsel in the stress and the knight in shining armor. And I this film, I think, just embodies that idea because I just I always love a good story that kind of shows the the turmoils between a mother and daughter or even say a father and son. And then eventually them kind of like there's a there's the parts in Man, the Man of Steel film that I can relate to. Where he's being raised by you know these people who aren't his parents, um, and he discovers that he's an alien, and the parents are trying to teach him the right way to like exist in this world. And because of these teachings, you know even and the moment where his father could be on the brink of death, he tells he tells his son not to save him because he's more, it's more it's more important to save his identity and not expose himself than it is to save my life. And the idea of, of sacrifice and really the, the pure identification of love between a parent and their child, I feel is a story that trumps almost any other kind of love in any film. The I just did an entry not too long ago of the fatherhood uh, film that just came out starring Kevin Hart, which is another perfect example of that. I just feel like any film that really, it, 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 the premise is just the idea of a love between uh, a parent figure and a child the they're the the figure that represents their child, whether it be you know an uncle and the niece or somebody who is uh, the best friend who takes care of his friend's kid after he dies or something uh, it, any way, shape or form, that dynamic to me is always a a, a, a much better story arc or a much better way of portraying the kind of love that you can see in a film because a lot of the times you don't see that and the reason you don't see that is because sometimes certain films portray portray the parents as being kind of in the background so to speak so like picture the movie like free willy the parents don't really matter in that film you know what I'm saying, what matters, it's this kid's love for this for this whale, his his passion to free the whale, and the parents they're kind of like, okay, if we're there for the kid, and the parents don't necessarily matter in the overall story arc, and there's a lot of stories that tell that in different films, where parents just take a back seat to the main story, or even the main character, and to me, I like it when parents are in the front seat in a very positive manner, not just in the matter of, say, like even, let's, let's relate it to Harry Potter, in Harry Potter, both of his actual parents are dead, and the people who are his parents parents treat him like shit you know what i'm saying so not only do you have dead parents that he has to live up to but you have shitty uh, aunts and uncles who treat him like shit and it's just this betrayal that the parents take a back seat to the main story and when you put parents in the forefront of a story i feel when done the right way it can be it can lead to a really really good film and i think brave is a great example of that and that's why i think brave not only is a superior film to frozen but is one of my top three favorite disney films of all time and i think it deserves a little more respect